live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Why don't we start with last night's game? There was some breaking news regarding the Jets, which I will get to, but I'd rather start with TNF. This dude, this freaking dude, Big Clock Brock, a.k.a. Mr. Extremely Relevant, a.k.a. Brock Purdy Damn Good, Seriously, I mean, this dude. Listen, I'm not trying in any way to minimize the rest of the Niners because the rest of the Niners are a hell of a football team. The rest of the Niners might be the hottest team in the league right now. They're on a searing seven-game heater. They look better and better every single time out. So I'm not trying to take anything away from or ignore any of the Niners not named Big Clock Brock. But also... How can you ignore this freaking dude and the brass set on this freaking dude? Purdy has been the Niners quarterback for less than two weeks, and he's already beaten the hell out of the Dolphins in relief, beaten the hell out of the bacon-faced goat in his first career start, and now he has beaten the hell out of the gum assassin in his first primetime outing on the road in a hostile environment to clinch the NFC West with three games to spare. Is that any good? I'd call that pretty damn good. Like the nine the Niners win the NFC West. The Giants win the pennant. The Niners win the NFC West. The Niners win the NFC West. The Giants win the pennant. The Niners win the NFC West. The Niners win the NFC West. The Niners win the NFC West. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. So this dude. The Niners win the NFC West. The Giants win the pennant. With three games to spare. With a third stringer. And he's a big clock. The Niners win the NFC West. They did. It was hella cool. So the dude explodes right out of the blocks last night. No adjustment to the noise or the big stage or the 12s or the primetime lights. None of that. Dude shows up. Nine for nine in the first quarter, including a beautiful double fake TD toss to George Kittle. Fake toss, two fake tosses, and then to Kittle over the middle. Touchdown, San Francisco. He faked it to McLeod, he faked it to McCaffrey, and then hits Kittle over the middle. Tell me this guy doesn't look like he's in the seventh year in the league. (laughs) Amazon Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video. The Niners are on Amazon Prime Video. The Niners are on Amazon. The Giants win the pennant. Can I get same day delivery? I just want to chime in on Amazon. Quote, tell me this guy. Tell me this guy doesn't look like he's in his seventh year in the league. Ow, he does. For real, though. This dude looks like a 10-year vet out there, even though he's barely been the Niners QB for 10 days. I mean, seriously, what kind of a rookie shows up for their first primetime NFL appearance in the loudest stadium in that league and rips off a 9 of 9 first quarter? My dude was like, primetime? Please. I'd call it Brock O'Clock. And listen, I'm far from the only one who's impressed with Big Brock. In fact, nobody is more bullish on Big Brock than the Niners' locker room. Last week, they would not stop talking about this dude's genitalia. Last night, Kyle Shanahan would not stop gushing about his poise. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the most um, poised rookie I've ever had. You know, it's, he's been like that since he's gotten here. Um, I, from what I hear about him in college, I think he was very similar, you know, just starting as a, as a freshman. And I mean, he's been great. He was poised all week. Um, even him being unsure of whether he'd be able to go or not, you know, I think that was uneasy for him because he didn't know what to expect until he got in the game. Under our circumstances, I, uh, we didn't have any other options or choices. Um, we we're going to see how long he could last, and we were ready to go with Josh. Um, but he just he got comfortable and got better as the game went, and uh, it was pretty unbelievable. It's actually big-time praise. For Kyle Shanahan to say I've never been around a more poised rookie is big-time praise. But then again, you don't get a nickname like Big Socks Brock for nothing. 
Lobster Jr. brings up another critical point. Remember, this guy came into this game banged up on a short week, no less. We didn't even know if he was going to play in that game. And yet, there the bleep he was. And as filthy sack monster Nick Bosa points out, you would never even notice anything. Anything was off with this guy. I couldn't even tell he was hurting. So that just, I've seen other quarterbacks around the league who have similar things with the ribs, and I've dealt with it before. It's brutal. So for him to not show any any pain in his face and just his mannerisms and everything, it says a lot about who he is. Another great quote. Another great quote. You know, it also says a lot about who Brock is. What Brock himself said after the game. When he passed off all the credit to Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Honestly, man, I don't think, you know, Jimmy and Trey get enough credit for what they've done. You know, I, I'm just now coming on the scene where these guys have been here, you know, throughout the offseason for Trey and then Jimmy coming in and leading these guys and, and winning, you know. And so for me to come in, and I just want to continue what they what they got rolling. So big credit to Jimmy and, and Trey for what they've done, especially in the quarterback room for the team. And um, I'm just trying to do my part in terms of what, what where we're at now in the season. So um, definitely not you know all praise to Brock and what Brock's done. Those guys, they they deserve all the credit. No, 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 dude, no. Big credit to Big Clock Brock. Like I said off the top, this freaking dude. And you know he's not just saying it because that's what people want to hear. And you know he's not just saying it because he thinks that's what he's supposed to say. That guy believes it. This freaking dude, the guy who is not getting nearly enough credit in all of this, is giving everybody else credit. I mean, he's getting credit, but not enough. I'll tell you one more guy who deserves credit. Junior Lobster, because this might be Kyle Shanahan's best coaching job yet. He's on his third quarterback this season. The team has been banged all up. And no matter what happens, they just seem to play better. No matter who goes down, they just seem to gain momentum. And they're losing key guys. They're losing really critical guys. And it doesn't seem to matter. They just keep playing better and better. Now they're the NFC West champions with three games to spare. Even though basically everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Now, what's the flip side of that? It seems like Geno Smith and Peter Carroll have already gotten all the credit that they deserve this season and all the credit they're going to get because they don't deserve any more credit, for real. I'm telling you, Geno needs to start writing back. Hey, Geno, here's a pen. All right, here's your pen, Geno. Here's your stationery. It is time to start writing back got a lot of love and a lot of credit earlier and you did deserve it and it was at that point that you said everybody wrote me off but I didn't write back start writing dude time to start writing here's a pen here's (laughs) time to write here's a pad of paper yo time to write 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 I mean I can do this all day long dude we've done this for years So, time for him to write, and Peter himself needs to focus less on murdering Yum. Like I said yesterday, a month ago, the speed-talking gum assassin looked like an absolute genius. Gino, never mind comeback player of the year or comeback player of a lifetime, Gino looked like a borderline MVP. Borderline erotic. Borderline MVP. Fully erotic. However, a lot has a lot has changed in the last month. Last night they had an enormous opportunity to stop the bleeding and save their season, and even the Yum Slayer said as much after the game. This was a classic opportunity uh, in the division, in the lead, you know, and uh, here Thursday, and all that stuff, everything was really there for us to have a great night, and uh, we really, really good team, and doing really good stuff, and really consistent, and we got the show and all that, and so it's going to be a fantastic win for us. All right, Alvy, I know that that's regular speed, real-time speed. Can you play that at half speed so we can make out what that yum 
murderer just said. This was a classic opportunity to uh, in the division with the team that's leading, you know, and then uh, here Thursday and all that stuff. Everything was really there for us to have a, a great night. And uh, they're really, Niners are a really good team and they're doing really good stuff and they've been really consistent and they got a bunch of wins in a row and all that. And so it was going to be a, a fantastic win for us. Jay Woods of OmegaTaxCredits.com is with me now. You've actually started a new operation, a new wing, Omega Funding Solutions. Exactly what is that and how does that work? You file an amended payroll tax return with the IRS and the IRS is backed up. You know, they were hit by COVID too. They had the pandemic to deal with. So it's taking them anywhere from six months to a year to process these refunds. So we came out with a solution where we can help you get access to that cash earlier in as, as little as two weeks. See if you qualify for an ERC tax refund from the IRS, OmegaTaxCredits.com. This was a classic opportunity to, uh, in the division with the team that's leading, you know, and then uh, here Thursday and all that stuff. Everything was really there for us to have a, a great night. And uh, they're really, Niners are a really good team and they're doing really good stuff and they've been really consistent and you know, they got a bunch of wins in a row and all that. And so it was going to be a, a fantastic win for us. The hell kind of comment is that anyway? The hell kind of comment is that quote? It was going to be a fantastic win for us. And so it was going to be a, a fantastic win for us. Yeah, but it wasn't. What it actually was, was another brutal loss for you. Your fourth and five games. Yes, you had a, quote, classic opportunity in the division, end of quote. But in reality, instead, you took a classic dump in your pants. You have a big dump in your pants. The gum assassin was just no match for Big Socks Brock. But then again, nobody has been a match for Big Socks Brock. Not even Big George Kittle. Kittle is one of the most established, intimidating vets in the entire league. Check out Big Clock Brock on the Prime Video postgame desk, just putting this dude in his place like it's nothing at all. How fun is it to have this guy as a teammate? It's hilarious. He just, like, doesn't shut up. Oh, like, oh, oh, stuff oh, 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 We love George. I love George. Jeez Louise is right. Look, I'm not exactly sure where all this swagger or confidence comes from. I have no idea how Mr. Irrelevant developed the biggest set around. All I know is it continues to be the best news ever for Frisco fan. Because right now this season hey, should Frisco be dead. Fan. I mean, they should be dead to rights by now. Instead, QB number three, a.k.a. Mr. Extremely Relevant, a.k.a. Big Sox Brock, has everybody in the Bay thinking Super Bowl. Frisco fan. Frisco fans got to be like, hey, yo, Jimmers, we told you, brah. We told you everything would be hella good, man. The offense slaps. Yo, Jimmers. Yo, SoCal, SoCal pimp in the box, Jimmers. The offense slaps with Brock. Quit tripping, dude. Just pass the Dutchie. And relax, brah. Give us some bleeping credit. And dude, would it be too much to ask? Can you stop asking for all our water? The Giants win the pennant. Water, water does not grow on trees. It comes out of the sky, dude. It's, we don't have an unlimited supply. Get your own water. Why do you got to water your lawn every day, brah? We're fine. Stop tripping. Everything's hell good up here, yo. I'll tell you what's not hell good. Your smog and your traffic and your attitude and your Botox. Basically your lifestyle. Y'all suck. So does your football team. Look at us. Hey, hey, Jimmers. Tell us how our ass tastes. And stop calling us Frisco. We hate that. Scoreboard. Hey, man, respect, respect. Big Clock Brock is incredible. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover? 
Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Devin White is my guest. Devin, great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing wonderful on this beautiful Friday. Man, it's good to hear that. I like that energy. I like that a lot. All right, so let me ask you first. I would imagine everybody on the team would prefer to have more wins, but you are in first place. That obviously matters a whole lot. How do you feel about the team and the season at this point of the year? Um, obviously, you know, my expectation, my goal for the season, you know, right now is I'll always being one of the top teams in NFL. Um, and right now we, we aren't playing like it, you know, in and out, week in and out consistently. But I know we have top team in the NFL capability because of the players that we have. But, you know, I think right now we're just more so focusing on finding ourselves and making sure we get this thing on track, like, you know, in, in the rest of the season. Devin White joining us. So you feel like you've got that kind of talent, the necessary talent. Let me ask you this. When you win the Super Bowl two years ago and you do so from the wild card spot, this year, can you draw on an experience like that from back then? Does it give you confidence that you can make another deep run late? Or maybe in some way, does that feel like that was kind of a lifetime ago? Um, it, it felt like a lifetime ago, but most of the guys that was on that that was on that team are still here. So, man, we know how to put ourselves in position, you know, to win big games. We know what it takes. So, I think that'll help a long ways because, I mean, experience is a big key when you're playing uh, in the postseason. Devin White joining us. He's appearing courtesy of Bud Light. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. My man, you want to talk about experience. Nobody's got more, of course, than Tom Brady. I want to ask you something. Does this mess with your mind at all? Like, you're one of the top players in the league, and you're 24, and this dude's played in the league 23 years. In other words, this guy's played quarterback in the league essentially as long as you've been alive. You find that kind of weird? I don't find it weird because, you know, I'm here with him, and I see the work that he put in day in and day out, you know, uh, getting to the building early and just doing things to allow himself longevity. And so it's more so of a respect thing. I kind of respect the process because he's one of those gamers that love the game of football like myself. And, you know, he's doing whatever he got to do to stay afloat to be able to continue to play at a high level. So it's more so a respect thing, just seeing it firsthand. I got you. Devin White joining us. Let's talk about Sunday's matchup. The Bengals are playing really good ball right now. They're surging. They've won five straight. I'd argue they're playing their best ball of the season. As you watch film, what impresses you the most about Joe Burrow and that offense? Oh, I think the thing that approached me uh, more about Joe right now is, you know, obviously he's playing at a high level, but he's making um, pretty fast decisions. You know, if his first couple of reads out there, he's checking it down and getting a lot of positive plays out of it. So, you know, therefore going into the game, you know, we understand, you know, the type of quarterback we're going against. So we know what we got to do, you know, uh, as far as the back end and me and Levante, you know, um, in the middle of the defense. So I think uh, I say that he's uh, getting the ball out at a, uh efficient rate. An efficient rate and quickly. Now, you've got five and a half sacks. You've got 20 and a half for your career, as dangerous as he is. And even if he doesn't have all of his weapons, you know he's got a lot of weaponry around him. How important is it to get consistent pressure on him and disrupt him? Yeah, I think it's really important, you know, just to speed up his process and, you know, uh, give our chances, guys, to get 50-50 balls because when he don't have all day that's just sitting in the pocket and make a perfect pass, that give our DBs more time. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, Coach Bowles let me do a little adding in and let me uh, get him to the grind and, you know, hopefully get a strip sack or even a big hit that just caused him to throw it up for a 50-50 ball and we come down with it. Devin White joining us. You know, the dude, one more thing about Joe, he takes so many shots, and this dude just keeps getting up, right? He just keeps getting up and firing. Like, have you ever seen this guy rattled ever? Or ultimately, if you hit him enough, will everybody rattle? Um. I, man, I played with him in college, and, man, he's always been a hard-nosed, just rah-rah type of guy, you know, because he's a great leader. He's a guy that leads by example. Like, I'm going to give my team my all, in, and hopefully they, they follow me and, and give me their all in return. But, um, I mean, if you hit the deck enough times, you'll kind of be a little antsy back there in that pocket. I got you. I want to ask you something. You were recently named the NFLPA's community MVP for week 13 this season when you handed out 500 turkeys and 45 Thanksgiving meal kits in both Louisiana and Florida through the work of your foundation. What did seeing the smiles that you brought to all those families, what did that mean to you? 
Oh, it means a lot. You know, just being able to be in person and do the things and not, you know, just have to send people out and do it on my behalf means even more because I'm able to be hands-on with the foundation and just, you know, giving back to, you know, where I was from and where I'm playing ball at right now. It, it, it means the world just because, you know, I've been blessed a lot in my life and, you know, being around the holidays, a lot of people may not have been as blessed as I am because I wasn't always as blessed. So I know what it's like to be on the other side. And so I just try to do anything to put a smile on anybody's face, you know, and, it, and it's very a warm feeling on the inside for myself. Yeah, Devin, I think so. I mean, you've dealt with your own adversity. You lost your father, Carlos, who suddenly passed away last month. He was only 45, yet you played against the Seahawks in Germany only three days after the fact. I think anybody would have understood if you chose not to play. Why was it so important to you to make that trip and play in that game? Um, I think um, throughout my life, I've already been through a lot of adversity. And uh, one thing that I always understood is that the world not going to stop. You know, the sun going to shine the next day and the moon going to come out at night. So, man, there's no reason to shut your life down and, um, you know, just and just feeling bad for yourself when the world still going to go on, you know. So, I, I mean, I kind of got that, that approach about life and just been had that approach about life. You know, if something was to happen to anybody on the team, whether they get hurt or not, we're going to have to keep moving. So I just felt like it was one of those situations where, you know, I'm a very strong individual, and, um, you know, I don't wear emotions on my sleeve, so I knew I could uh, handle anything. Devin White joining us. As I mentioned off the very top, you're teaming up with Bud Light, ahead of the NFL's first-ever Christmas triple header as one of five players giving away their game-worn jerseys, among other prizes, that the fans can win. What are the details, and how do the fans get involved? Um, the details are um, pretty easy. You know, uh, obviously, we do everything right now, you know, on social media. You know, that's where everybody at. But all they have to do is just tweet hashtag Bud Light present and hashtag tweet state at Bud Light or visit Bud Light on Twitter and they can learn more. And I think it's an easy process. So just easy as simple, not sending out a simple tweet. Dude, I love it when the deets are easy. I like that. Just go on social media, hashtag it, Bud Light. Devin White, Tampa Bay Bucks linebacker, Super Bowl champ, Pro Bowler, big game coming up this Sunday on CBS. Devin, really appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Good luck. And I hope you and I can wrap again. Yes, sir. Anytime you want to speak, just keep me on the cell phone. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers do not know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. A major Schefter bomb, which seriously impacts one of the biggest games of the NFL this weekend. Even though the game is taking place in December, and that game is between the Lions and the Jets, is there anybody anywhere when the schedule dropped initially who thought that would be a big game? Lions, Jets, December, but it is. It's a really big game, and it's a really big game for both those franchises. Somehow, someway, the Lions and Jets are playing a legitimately massive mid-December game this week. And the game is not just going to have Dan Cannibal and Robert Receipts and my dudes, Amon Ra and Sauce and DJ Reed. And I love all those guys. Love those guys. I could go on for an hour about each of them. But the game is also going to have the return of the Cougar Hunter. That's right. Zach is back. Check out this Schefter tweet. Quote, sources. Jets doctors will not clear QB Mike White for contact before Sunday's game versus Detroit, and thus Zach Wilson will start against the Lions. White wanted to play and has practiced, but Jets doctors are not signing off. Thus, Wilson is back as the Jets' starting QB. 
you know White. I mean, I haven't talked to him, but you know this guy did everything in his power to get back out there. I mean, everything. White was probably like, yo, just hammer that spike again. What do I have to do to get on the field? I will do anything. Anything. Like, when this guy says, I'm willing to die for, you know, athletes say that sometimes, I'm willing to die for, like, I think this guy was white over my dead body. Legitimately. Like, hey, yo, tore it all. What's it for if we're not going to use it? All kidding aside, sort of. I mean, this guy was doing everything, and it looked like he was going to play. Yet, he's not. The doctors would not clear him, so Zach Wilson just gets the best holiday gift of his life right there. And frankly, it's not a gift that he earned. It's not a gift that he even deserves. It's a gift. It's a gift. Sometimes, that's the way it works. A gift from the football gods. My man, you best not bleep this up. Because it's a gift For not only you, but actually for the rest of us. Because it makes an incredibly interesting game even more interesting. Like, I can't believe that I'm going to say this. And to a certain extent, I would have said it even before the gift. But Jets-Lions is absolutely appointment television. And frankly, it was even before the gift. Unfortunately, again, the big loser here is Mike White. Now, he had a couple of games Prior to this, they were pretty tough. A couple of games coming in where he didn't have a touchdown pass. But that tough SOB got knocked out two times by Buffalo Sunday, and he came back in the game both times. Even though the second time, he got folded in half by Matt Milano and couldn't even breathe. That game put that dude in the hospital. Yet he was still totally focused on bouncing back, yet again to play this week. In fact, Just yesterday, White told the media he had no doubt whatsoever that he would play against Detroit. So what happened? What happened? Well, the Jets team doctor happened. Because according to the Jets team doc, White is just too banged up to be cleared for contact. And apparently, the Jets are going to have to protect White from himself. At least according to Robert Sala. Mike White, who is an absolute warrior um, and has been doing everything he could this week to try to uh, find another opinion to get him onto the football field, to find somebody who will clear him for contact, uh, has exhausted every measure he possibly can because he wants to be out there for his teammates. Uh, that, that opinion will not change, and it's gotten to the point where we could drag this out to Sunday, guys, uh, but this is one of those deals where we got to do what's best for the player and protect the player from the player. If Sala is swerving way out of his lane to call a guy a warrior. That guy's a warrior. Saw is tough. I mean, what a tough bastard Mike White is. This dude is shopping around opinions or shopping for an opinion, any opinion, no matter how many guys say, oh, no, sorry, Mike, you can't go. You can't go. You know, I'm going to find somebody who can clear me. I will find somebody. I'm going to keep going around town until I find a doctor who says it's okay. All I need is one yes. Hey, Rome, I've heard you say it. It's not how many no's, it's how many yeses. And all you need is one big yes. Is there a chiropractor somewhere that will clear me? Is there a veterinarian somewhere that will clear me? Is there a masseuse somewhere that will clear me? Is there a first-year med student somewhere that will clear me? Is there an intern that will clear me? Is there a talk show host that will clear me? Is there a trash sanitarian who will... Will somebody say I can play? Is there a custodial engineer that will clear me? I mean, this guy did everything he possibly could. Even though he is obviously severely jacked up. Like, I love it. Could not respect it anymore. And yes, I've got an amazing threshold for this guy's pain. I do. But I hate that a guy who's got that much grit and toughness and pride and heart who wants it that badly has to sit and watch this game. But again, I'm about player safety. 
And like Robert Sala said, you got to protect these guys, most of these guys, from themselves because most of these guys will do anything they can to be on the field. Number one, it's woven into the fabric of the game and the culture of the game. And number two, especially if you're not a star. Once you get on the field, when you're not supposed to be on the field, you're not coming off the field because you don't know if you might, if or when you're going to get another shot. I see the guy working. Hell yes, you got to drag this guy off the field. Because as much of a problem as they have with Zach Wilson, he was selected number two overall. And White knows that everybody's behind him. And he's competitive. And he wants to be there. I feel badly for that guy. He earned that start this weekend. Zach Wilson didn't. Based on what? Where he was selected? Doesn't matter. I mean, could these two dudes be any more opposite? Wilson is out here complaining about the wind. White wants to try and play with what appears to be a shattered midsection. Yet it's going to be Zachary who gets to play this weekend. And once again, Zach, if I were you, dude, hopefully you've taken this time, you've done some serious, serious soul searching, and you get it. Because the last we saw of you, dude, you did not get it at all. This is an amazing opportunity for you, dude. To not only keep their season alive, but to keep your Jets career alive. A chance for you to start to fix your rep and the way you're seen. Right now, Robert Receipt says it's back to fundamentals in practice for Zach. And that he still believes and still believes that Zach has greatness within. For him, it's... It's really just making the easy easy with regards to just getting your feet where they need uh, in the direction they need to go, get your body set, and, and deliver the football the way he knows how. And uh, I mean, he's he's the same quarterback that once went 18 for 18 in a bowl game, so he's very capable. It's just a matter of just being conscientious and tying everything together. I'll be honest. The more I hear of or from Robert Sala, the more I like him. I, I just like the way he handles himself. Having said that, no offense, Bob. But I don't think that referencing the 2018 famous Idaho Potato Bowl is going to help Zach here. I mean, granted, who can forget the famous Idaho Potato Bowl performance? I think we all remember, Robert, exactly where we were and what we were doing and what we were thinking in that moment four years ago when Zach got nice at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I remember I remember it like it was yesterday, and I remember what I was thinking. Nothing at all other than how awesome Zach was in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl game. I mean, dude, is that what you're using as a reference point? Is that what you're using to say everything should be fine? Don't forget what this guy did at that famous Idaho Potato Bowl game in 2018. I mean, I guess the Jets better hope that some part of that guy is still there. And that something about the Potato Bowl performance translates. They also better hope that it's not too windy in MetLife Stadium come Sunday. It's windy as hell out there, too, guys. It's windy as hell out there, too, guys. This is it, man. I mean, this really might be it. This is your chance. A chance that you didn't deserve or earn, but you're getting nonetheless. Man, you best run with this. This is your opportunity to get us to stop ragging on you and your whining about the wind and taking and assuming no responsibility and no accountability for your terrible play and for allegedly hunting Coog. I mean, how, how bad are things out here? So bad that the second that story dropped, his number one receiver, Garrett Wilson, started trending on Twitter this morning once the world found out that Mike White would not get the start. Because all of Twitter was like, oof, brutal blow for Garrett. Because Garrett's looked like a different guy since Zach went to the bench, right? 
Garrett's looked like the guy that we all thought he was. Garrett's looked awesome. And Garrett did not look happy when Zach was out there. So there go Garrett's targets, RIP to Garrett's fantasy value. Zach Wilson, you have been handed an absolute gift. Christmas is coming early, brah. You are completely set up to ride in and get some of that respect that you lost back right when it seemed impossible. You're in position now to potentially save your career with the J-E-T-S. So do not blow it. You are lucky, my man. Some people never get another shot like that. This is dropping right out of the sky, right into your lap. Hopefully you stayed ready. Hopefully you went to work and you went to school and you owned the position you found yourself in because you put yourself in that position. Nobody did anything to you. You know what you should do, dude? Never mind resetting yourself or your mindset. If I were you, dude, I'd lock yourself in the dark room and not come out. And what I would do, never mind even film on the Lions, I would watch film of that famous potato bowl win. Right. God, I was awesome that day. I was amazing. Run it back, run it back, run it back. I'd run that thing on a loop. I'd go in the dark room, I'd deadbolt that door, and I'd not come out. I'd not come out for anything other than a bathroom run, a little bit of water, and just go rocky on your own ass. Dot, dot, dot. Completion, completion. Laser, dime, dot, dot. Completion, laser, laser. Don't let one ball hit the ground. Ball out, get it out, get it out, scramble. Dot. Dot, laser, I'm incredible. Gonna fly now. It's windy as hell out there too, guys. Let's take the top off. 18 of 18. Potato bowl, yo. Did, did you really reference that, Robert? Yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy that once went 18 for 18 in that potato bowl thing game is that guy. Yeah, or how about that guy you selected second overall? How about that guy? Is that guy in the house? We're going to find out. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. An egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. You can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. I'm not kidding. Try a pizza on the egg. It'll amaze you. Stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll with an authentic big green egg. It's a ceramic marvel backed by a lifetime warranty. It's simple to light, easy to use, and it works without a power source, so there's no need to plug anything in. And with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. It also makes an amazing gift, and they have two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's BigGreenEgg.com, and you will thank me later. James, good to have you on. How are you? Doing pretty good. How about you? Good, dude. Good. So, so much has happened since you and I spoke early in the season. Bring me up to date. How are you enjoying the Philly experience, and what's the vibe like on the league's best team right now? Uh, I mean, we're 12-1, so I, I don't really have any complaints, honestly. Um, and the vibe is all positive. Uh, I mean, we all we take one game at a time. So right now we focus on Chicago. You know, that's the only opponent that we're thinking about right now. All right, so with that said, and I want you to know I heard what you just said. I know you're focused on only that opponent, but after Philadelphia put a beating on your former team, the Giants, and I know you're thinking Chicago, but your guy Darius Slay said, as only Slay can say, quote, it felt good to whoop that ass here for my boy JB. We whooped that ass pretty good for him, end of quote. That's Darius Slay now. How much did it mean to you that they whooped that ass pretty good for you? And then how would you describe your bond with Big Play Slay? Uh, I mean, it felt good to get the dub um, against the Giants. And, of course, you know, we scored a lot of points, and um, the margin was pretty large, so it made it even better. Um, 
And I would say me and Clay's relationship, I've, all, I've always had respect for him, for him and his game from afar, you know, but actually being around him for, I guess you can say, since OTAs, you know, uh, I would say our relationship, we've gotten a lot uh, closer as, as friends. Um, you know, we kind of like yin and yang, you know. He does, a lot of, he does a lot of talking. He's very laid back. He's very funny. Um, you know, I'm funny in my own way. Uh, it's just different. Uh, so we kind of get... We like we complement each other well on and off the field. James Bradbury joining us. I love that actually. Now it's been a long time since Philadelphia has seen the quality of cornerback play that you and Slayer are providing this season. Would you make the argument that you two are the best tandem right now of corners in the game? Yeah, in my opinion. I, I feel like we're the best uh, tandem in the league, um, and I feel like the stats uh, show that. I feel like the stats show that, too, but I just wanted to hear it from you. I think the stats absolutely show that. Listen, i got to be honest with you. When I'm looking at that team, when I first saw your coach, Nick Sirianni, James, I wasn't sure, and this is from afar, but when I first saw him and heard him, I wasn't sure what to make of him, yet now he looks like he's got the look of the coach of the year. And I guess my only questions now would be, what's that dude like, and what's he like to play for and work for? So, um, of course, when I first – Met Co- uh, Coach Nick Sirianni. Um, you know, he just seemed like a, uh, a great guy. You know, he cared about the players. He cared about our well-being and also our opinions as far as, um, you know, how we handle business. Because uh, at, at the end of the day, the players have to go out there and play. So um, I respect the fact that he he takes a lot of pride, um, you know, in, in allowing us to, like, make decisions, you know, and uh, be a part of the process. Um, and on game day, you know, he shows a different side. He's, like, real fiery. Um, and I don't, you don't really see that until Sunday, which I feel like is pretty cool. Uh, just watching him on game day and seeing how he reacts to certain things. James Bradbury is joining us. So if in fact he is the coach of the year and he might be, if he's the coach of the year, who would get your vote for MVP? If you had to vote today, you definitely got to go. I would go with Jalen Hurts, uh, my quarterback. Um, I mean, I feel like he's played flawless, honestly. I mean, of course it's hard to play flawless, but. I mean, he's done everything the right way um, on and off the field. All right, that makes sense to me. And again, statistically, that backs up. So where do you come out then on Michael Parsons seemingly downplaying Jalen's impact, saying that it's in part because of the system and the team? Some of your teammates didn't seem to like that at all. Did you take exception to what Parsons said? Uh, of course I heard it. Um, I mean, but I, I ain't put too much um, – too much energy into that because at the end of the day, quarterback is a really, really hard position to play. Uh, no matter if you got the receivers or not. Um, and at the end of the day, Jalen Hurst is putting the ball on the money uh, majority of the time. So, you know, you still got to give credit what credit is due. Um, and he's been playing his behind off. So, I, I still got him in number one in the MVP vote for me. James Bradbury joining us. Let me ask you this. Like Parsons was saying, hey, man, I didn't mean to start a bleep storm. That's his phrase. I didn't mean to start a bleep storm. And then he asked, what's the harm in talking a little smack? Is that the way you see that part of it, or did he cross the line into disrespect? Uh, I mean, he's entitled to his own opinion. Um, and you can't stop somebody from having their own opinion. Um, it's up to us if we allow it to, like, manifest and, uh, like, play a role in how we prepare and stuff. But, uh, I mean, we're not really saying um, his comments no mind. Um, and then when it's time to go play the Cowboys, we're going to play the Cowboys. Um, but right now, we got Chicago, so we ain't worried about what he said. Dude, I like that notion of manifesting stuff. Like, how how important is that in your success? And in terms of manifestation, how do you use that? How do you work that into your process? Uh, I think it's uh, different things that I do uh, as far as, like, I have, I have a routine that I like to, like, go by each day and throughout the week. Um, and also, you know, watching film. I like to watch film. It kind of helps me visualize me playing the actual play. Um, and also, um, just always making sure I talk, I speak positive words, you know, um, I know speaking negatively, uh, if you talk too down on yourself, you know, that can manifest and it, uh, it'll affect your play. So, I mean, I always try to have the full, utmost confidence when I'm going into the game. Um, and that's at least starts off my preparation. And then once game day hits, you know, I feel like I'm ready to go just get my mind right. Dude, I like that a lot. One more thought about that, and I don't want to get too far off the beaten path, but that whole point about like negative talk, you know, if you talk to yourself the wrong way enough times, that starts to manifest too. Is there a strategy or a mechanism you have for cutting that off when that starts? Hmm. I think, um, you know, anytime, of course, like you're not going to play perfect on game day. 
anytime you mess up or um, anytime you mess up or you do something that you know you should like you shouldn't have done, uh, you got to move on to the next play. Uh, but you also got to analyze the situation and analyze what you did wrong so that you don't apply it the next time throughout the game. Because most time you make a mistake in the game, it's probably gonna show up again because they're gonna go back to that play. Um, so you just just put that memory spot in your in your memory and make sure you uh, rememberize it and you analyze it so you don't do it again. James Bradbury joining us. I can appreciate that too. Listen, before I let you go, it's very clear you let your play do your talking. Like. Slay will talk quite a bit, and then he'll back it up, and then you let your play do your talking. Like, you don't carry yourself outwardly like you're running on this crazy premium rocket fuel. But the fact is, when you get right down to it, the Giants did let you go. You are a free agent to be. So even if you're not talking about this, is it something you're carrying with you onto the field, and do you play with even more juice than you might ordinarily because of what's going on? Uh, I think I carried it more so in the off season, you know, when it when it first happened, and of course, like uh, coming in training camp and whatnot. Uh, but you know, as the season went on, and you know, I was playing well, and the team was playing well. Uh, not to say that you just kind of forget about it, you let it go, uh, but you just kind of focus on other things, you know. I mean, I was playing well, so I was, like I knew I could still play. You know, I felt like most people saw me getting released by the Giants, and they was like, "Oh, he can't play anymore. He's washed." But then, you know, as I started showing that. My thought, my thought wasn't really to prove anybody wrong. It's really to make the most out of the opportunity and live in the moment, you know, because we got a great team right now. Um, and of course, we thought we was gonna be, we knew it was gonna be really good, but we didn't. I mean, nobody was really talking about us going like 12 and one or undefeated, like in OTAs or in training camp. So, you know, my focus is on just making sure I'm ready for the playoffs when they get here, and also just taking one week at a time and building that momentum. But when we get to the playoffs that we have that momentum carrying us throughout the uh, playoffs. You bet. James Bradbury, my guest. One last thought. So you're focused on Chicago. You're focused on the postseason. You're focused on this opportunity. I understand all that, but it's a business. You know this better than anybody because the fact of the matter is they did let you walk, and now everybody knows the kind of player that they let walk, and you're having arguably your best year. So sometimes you have the hammer and sometimes you don't. I think you're in a great position going forward. Can you project at all? Like, what type of situation might you be looking for once the opportunity comes up? Hmm. Like you said, it is business at the end of the day. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of factors that play into that. You know, of course, uh, the roster. Um, of course, the money aspect about it. Um, and uh, also, the, like, the coaching staff and, like, the overall personnel. Um so, I mean, it's a lot of different variables. It's kind of hard to t- tell you, like, what, like, how my situation is going to play out and, like, how I'm going to be thinking when that time comes. But I do know those three things are important to me, uh, which I'm pretty sure they're important to every guy that goes into free agency. But those are probably going to be like, three things that I'm really think- thinking about and looking at. I'll tell you what's important to me. It's important to me to have a conversation like that. I appreciate that relationship. I appreciate you coming back on for the second time during the season. I want to run you down once again because Philadelphia is 12-1. and You're having a great year, and I knew it would be another great conversation. James, thank you very much, man. I appreciate you. Have a great week, and I hope we can do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Welcome to the program. A very good Monday to you. I am Jim Rome. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. All right, lots to get to on this Monday morning. You know, they say that experience matters in the NFL, but whoever they are, they have never met Brock Purdy. Throw for the end zone, wide open, Brandon Ayuk, touchdown! He got a quarterback. He did that pretty darn good. They look like they very well may have a quarterback. They can't catch a break, but it doesn't seem like they need any breaks. They just keep stepping up. Goff throws. Wow. All of us in that moment like, wow. The Lions aren't just hot. They're good. They're not just entertaining. They're legit. They're not just fun. They're dangerous. And they're in the hunt. Twitter. Please update the QB background to include Joe Burrows. If anybody knows anything about me, you know how creative and handy I am. Even in the midst of this very rant, I created a quote, Joe Burroughs graphic. You're welcome. You're welcome. Man, I'm all over your last, about the last two dudes, man. <laughs> <laughs> the first dude up is number 21. I can't remember his name. But Henry Buster. 
It was Jim Rome's big head bets. Now it's just Jim Rome's bets. I warned you. I said, find another game. There are other games. No, boss, I feel pretty strongly about this. He got hammered by Matt Milano for the Guys, 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 guys. I got seven and three quarter hours of sleep last night. You know how I am when I don't get the extra 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness. He's trying to breathe. Like Meanwhile, White is out there looking like he's suffering from internal damage. Come on, guys. Alex Goish is my guest. Coach on defense, coach on offense and have just kind of got a worldview of all of it. Um, and, man, I'm excited. I don't even know where I was going there, but I'm excited to, <laughs> to, to go to work for this car wash, okay, up on Sherman Way. Believe me, as somebody who interviews people, this guy always had something to say, amazing things to say. So I will miss him personally, and I know the jungle will too. Justin Herbert is my guest, and I've got this inside information, Victory Barbecues. I never invited you to any one of my barbecues either. <laughs> That would be awesome. That's definitely something that we could uh, we could work together. Dude, on. I would trade you one victory barbecue at your place for one afternoon at Javi's. That sounds like a plan to me. Machine Gun Kelly asked me if he can go to a chiropractor. What's next? Do you want to attend Mime University? Hey, yo, Pop, check this out. I'm trapped in a glass box. I, I appreciate you, man. And uh, when I'm riding out here for seven, eight hours. This is what I'm listening to, so keep the content coming, brother. Brother, I've been out of town with this little mama, been trying to holler at me for a minute. If I clog her toilet, I'll call you and give you 50% above cost. Now, Romy, what's my name? Hey, yo, Sprinkles and Bidget talk. Fizzle. I'm glad that after two years, finally got the gonad to respond to a Matt in L.A. diss track. Every time your boy Fizzle come in here looking to talk to the pimp, I got to go through that necromancer, that vampire you got man in the phone. Yo, look here, Chalk. Fizzle might not have your fancy pants, Ivy League degrees, but Fizzle got them street smarts. It was 13 years ago today that I joined Twitter. Twitter. So happy Twitterversary to me. We won't take me heights. Don't face me. Don't take me Ursay, seriously, it'd be as ridiculous as that. Friends don't let friends do that. Ursay must not have any friends. That's how horrific you were. You got me to do that on national television. You think I'm at the edge? Now that I could be wrong. I'm standing wow, 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 Fickle, my guest. Jim, you know you're always welcome here. You can probably help me a little bit with grasping the whole state in a lot of different ways as well. So I'm looking for all the help I can get. I'm with you on Wisconsin. Jim, my beef is uh, with these protein powders. Do they put the scooper in first? Fix it. Jim, I'm tired of these DoorDash customers. I don't care. Next time this happens, I'm going to eat the food myself. No way. You got me a luxury sled too. Incredible. We got each other cars. He's the same quarterback that once went 18 for 18 in the ball Robert, game. Robert, so did you really reference that? Dot, dot, dot. Completion, completion. Laser, don't let one ball hit the ground. Gonna fly now. They small clipped it. Yes, sir. Anytime you want to speak, just keep me on the cell phone. Thank you so much, Jim. Go bold, man. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you again. 50-pound carrot in the back of the freezer. You want that? Edward Morano. The Vikings were kind of like Jared Goff's brother, Jack. Wow. Hey, Mike, go. What's my name? What's my name? Good night now. Good night now.